Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Thine, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on a Saturday afternoon in the great state of Texas. But you know what? I'm not in Texas today. As a matter of fact, I'm in Washington, D.C., of all places. I will tell you, I don't come here very often, but there's a good reason that I'm here, and I will get into that a little bit later in the show. If you listen to the show before, you know that we talk about the issues of faith, family, and freedom, particularly in the arenas of the courts, the legislature, and the media. But there are oftentimes things that happen in Washington, D.C. that can impact Texas and vice versa. So there's a good reason why I'm in Washington, D.C. today. But we'll get into that in just a little bit because I want to jump right into um, our first guest on the show today, someone who you're very familiar with, I'm sure. Our first guest today is going to be Franklin Graham. Um, I'm sure you're very familiar with that name, but let me tell you a little bit about Franklin. Franklin serves as the president and CEO of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association and also as the president and CEO of the International Christian Relief and Evangelism Evangelism Organization, Samaritan's Purse. He's met privately with five different U.S. presidents as well as world leaders. Uh, he's a speaker and author, and I'm sure you've heard um, some of his discussions, some of his commentary. You've probably been to some of his events. His first event in the evangelistic uh, arena, if you will, was in 1989. He and his wife, Jane, have four kids, 11 children. He's from North Carolina, still lives in North Carolina, and has spent a good amount of time here in Texas, he did the Decision America tour that came through Texas um, the year before last, and he's right in the middle of his Decision Texas tour. Franklin Graham, welcome to the Texas Values Report. Thank you. It's uh, good to be with you. Well, I know you've been traveling through the state over the past week. Um, you were in Lubbock earlier this week. I believe you were in Midland just a couple of days ago. And as I understand, um, this Saturday evening, um, October 14th, you're going to be at Whataburger Field in Corpus Christi. I am, and I'm looking forward to it. Um, I was uh, in Corpus Christi a number of years ago for a meeting, and I'm looking forward to, to being back. We've got a lot of friends in that part of Texas, and so um, we're, we're, we're just excited about it. Well, we're excited to have you back in the state, you know, and I've been talking a little bit about some of the work our organization has done with Samaritan's Purse, and also um, when you were in Texas before, but Quickly, I want to just make one quick point. Um, you may know this. You've been in Texas a few times. Whataburger holds a very special place in a Texan's heart. We, many of us, consider it one of the base, one of the best burgers that you'll get in the state of Texas. It's an authentic Texas company, and so what a better place to have an event but in Whataburger Field. So I, I'm sure. Um, you know, th- there'll be a great audience out there. But hopefully, before you leave Corpus, you might get a chance to have a burger of your own. Well, you know, I uh, used to go to school in Longview, Texas, uh, and uh, Whataburger was probably my favorite hamburger place when I was going to school. Uh, they haven't moved to North Carolina, I don't think. At least I haven't seen one lately. But uh, maybe we get them to start moving a little east, and maybe we get some Whataburgers in North Carolina. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, good. Well, I'm sure the people out in Corpus Christi are looking forward to having you. Um, so. Let's talk for a minute about the tour that you're in the middle of, but then I want to also talk about 
um, how important it is that your voice has been across the country on issues of religious liberty, of traditional marriage and family, and also, of course, the, the privacy issue, not having boys and girls' bathrooms. That's been such a big deal that's come up in, um, in our state as well as North Carolina, where you hail from. Um, so you're in the middle of, uh, of a, a week or so long tour. Tell our listeners a little bit about the Decision Texas Tour. Yeah, we're we're here about two weeks, and what we're we're going across Texas, uh, and we're to preach the gospel, give an invitation, but asking people to pray. We have them stand and pray for our nation, pray for our president, pray for your governor. Um, the only hope for this country is not the Democratic Party, it's not the Republican Party. Uh, the only hope for this country is God, and I want to call people back to faith and God and uh, repentance and the importance of turning from our sins and by faith believing on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, that's the only hope for the United States is God. So I'm going to uh, across Texas. Uh, we're, uh, we're having fun, and people are coming out, and I'm just so encouraged about the number of people who are coming and the people that are accepting Christ as their Savior. Uh, well, and response. you've got a great man that's, that's there with you, David Crowder, uh, I know he's playing at several of the stops. Is he playing at all of the stops for the Decision he's, Texas tour? He, he, absolutely, and he's he's a fun guy and he's a good guy, and uh, I, I I can't say enough about this guy. Well, and he's a Texas guy too. You know, that's something that I really enjoy is contemporary Christian music and driving around the state as I do quite often uh, on my own and also with my children. So he's just got such a great spirit about him. How have the the um the couple of events gone so far? I know you were in Midland and in Lubbock. Tell us about the response so far. Um, huge. I was just uh just so thankful to see so many people come out. And and but it's really encouraging the, the people that are giving their lives to Christ, and that's what this whole tour is about. It's about uh, telling men and women about a Savior uh, who will save us from our sins, and who's willing not only to forgive our sins but to heal our hearts and give us a new direction in our life. And I've just been extremely encouraged about the people that have come out, and uh, and this tour is uh, is something that we've planned for over a year now. And the churches have been wonderful, but just have supported it and have come out and gotten involved. And we're not asking any, uh, for any money. We're not passing offering buckets or anything like that. Uh, we were just inviting the churches to come and participate, people to come. It's free. Uh, we're paying the bills, uh, and we're not wanting to be a burden to anybody. And so um, it's great. We're having a lot of fun. Well, you know, when people think about Texas, they think about the Bible Belt. They think about people that you know have you know traditional American values, if you will, God, country, family. Um, but there are a lot of people that have moved to our state recently, and some that live here as well. You know, that I think may have not have heard your message before, may not have been to one of your events, or may have not had anyone invite them to enter into a relationship with our Savior Jesus Christ. So I think it's great what you're doing. The website is texas.billygram.org, where you can find more about the Decision Texas Tour and uh, and some of the details. And you'll see right there on the website that it shows the event is free. So there's uh, this Saturday, today, October 14th, Corpus Christi, 730. San Antonio is the following day at 730. And then Round Rock. You know, our show broadcasts in the Central Texas area. You can find it online, so people can be listening from all over the country and, and the world, if you will, but a big part of our audience is in the central Texas area. So on Monday, October 6th, is the Round Rock stop of the 
Decision Texas Tour, and then Waco, Texas um, on October 18th. And then Longview, Texas, and you were mentioning Longview before where you lived on October 19th. We're talking with Franklin Graham, who's the president and CEO of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, also Samaritan's Purse. Franklin, let's talk for a minute about Samaritan's Purse. I'm originally from Houston. We know all of the storms that hit Houston and the uh, Corpus Christi and Rockport area, which I know your ministry has been a part of there. But my staff and I spent the day in Houston working along with Mark Cochran and the folks at Samaritan's Purse. Tremendous work that's being done on the ground and and really the nitty-gritty. Tell us what you're hearing from the reports. I know you've been in the state for the past week, and and, and just maybe some of the the good stories or just the redeeming things that you're seeing about people receiving the uh, charitable work from your ministry. Well, I had the, the privilege of uh, spending Friday with uh, uh, some of our teams uh, in the Houston area and uh, going out to the houses that they were working on, that they were mudding out. And, you know, after these houses got wet, uh, you know, if you have never been flooded, you, you don't know the problem that you have with black mold. It's just incredible, the mold that takes over a house. And our teams are in there cleaning these houses out, taking out the sheetrock, getting the houses where they can dry out, spraying them down with the chlorine bleach. And it's just been a huge, huge help to these families. And they're so appreciative that somebody's come along to help them. And our, our volunteers, we have volunteers that are in Seattle. Come on, they pay their own expenses. Coming from Seattle down there, they're from all over Texas, Chicago, uh, people from across the United States uh, just coming to Texas to help the people in the Houston area and south, uh, southeast Texas uh, try to put their lives back together. And we just thank God for all the volunteers and everyone who's come to help. Well, and you've got people that are praying with people uh, as well. You know, when we spent the day um, at a home, gosh, so devastating, and it was in the northeast part of Houston, close to where I grew up, and not only did the home suffer from flooding and extensive damage, the mother had drowned And so you had a family who was preparing a funeral. They were trying to rehabilitate, if you will, their home. One of the family members from the home was also in the hospital. And I thought it was incredible that your team had, us as volunteers, sign a Bible that we gave for them that we could leave from them as a reminder of, you know, what our time here on earth is all about. And and, and I'm sure they had a lot to deal with with the destruction um, but I just thought that it was a, you know, just a, a great way for them to be reminded of no matter what storms, right, if you will, come in their life, that there's someone that will always be there for them. Yes. And um, we've, we've had, uh, we've got chaplains on the Deligram Evangelist Association that we go to every home site. So as our teams are in there cleaning out the homes, working on the homes, we got a chaplain there talking to the homeowner and uh, just sharing uh, love with them, praying with them. And, you know, many are Christians, and they're so thankful for, for the help, but many are not Christians. And they're just almost in shock that the Christians would come and help them. Well, and, you know, the reports are that 80% of the nonprofit work being done for relief efforts is being done by faith-based ministries. And, and yours is certainly Samaritan's Purse that you lead is certainly one of the most recognizable. And, and as a as someone who's from Houston area and has family in the Rockport and um, Corpus Christi area, I really appreciate the work you've been doing. Let's talk for a second 
about some of the work, the voice that you have. Um, I, I was able to be a part of the event of the Decision America when you came to uh, Texas Capitol um, just a while back. You got to pray with our lieutenant governor, I believe, before you left that event. Over 8,000 people attended. Talk for a minute about the importance to our listeners of people of faith engaging in public life on the issues of faith, family, and freedom. Well, first of all, I think it's important that we pray for those that are in authority. The Bible commands that we pray for those that are in authority. And when I'm with with politicians, regardless of what state, uh, I encourage people to pray for them. And then I I want the politicians to know that God is watching. Okay? He's watching. We have to stand before him one day and give an account to God. And and so I want the politicians to know that there is a, an authority above them. And I love something that um, uh, President Trump said uh, just a day or so ago. He said, in America, we worship God. We don't worship government. And uh, so many parts of the world, they worship government. And the government, they look to the government to provide everything. And that's what socialism is. Uh, it, 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 it takes everything. And people worship government. And our, our problem is our politicians, many of them, put themselves up on a pretty high pedestal. And I want them to know that uh, God, God is going to watch them. They're going to have to stand before him. And we need to pray that God would guide and direct the politicians and that the politicians, as they make decisions that affect your life, my life, all of our lives, that God would be directing them as they make these important decisions, that these politicians would look to God for help and strength in everything that they do. That's absolutely right. You know, and, and speaking of, of your voice and the message you often get out, a lot of times it's by Twitter. And so you've got over a million followers. You can follow Franklin Graham. We're talking with Franklin Graham, the president and CEO of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Franklin Graham's Twitter handle is Franklin underscore Graham, G-R-A-H-A-M. I'm sure people are familiar with that spelling. And you can tweet or retweet some things that Franklin Graham is, is talking about. You talk about religious liberty. You talk about marriage and family, and and so many important things, and and I know uh, the focus is going to be on uh, the message of Christ at your Decision Tour Texas that's going on right now, Um, Corpus Christi's tonight, Round Rock is on Monday, then you go to Waco and Longview, so people can go to uh, texas.billygram.org to to see those free tour stops that are coming up. Uh, Franklin, before we close out, I want to ask you something which may be an obvious question to some, but I think a lot of people probably want to ask you, what is what has it been like and what was it like growing up as Billy Graham's son? You know, I, I get asked that sometimes, and that's a very hard question to, to answer because I don't have anything to compare it to. I didn't have another father or another mother or whatever. Uh, he's my only father I've ever had, and he's been a wonderful father. He's He'll be 99 uh, next month on the November 7th. Uh, he'll be entering his 100th year, and I'm just thankful to God how God has used his life and the impact that he's had on the church and the impact that he's had on evangelism in this country. Yeah, well, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. And, and, and it is interesting how you say that, right? I mean, you're, you know, you don't know anything different, and so we wonder sometimes. And, you know, look, I, I will say I 
you know, I, I'm younger. I'm 44. Um, when I was younger, I probably had some awareness of, of Billy Graham, of your father, and uh, and the respect that people had for him and how important his voice was. But I think for a lot of people in my generation younger, they've heard your voice, and, and maybe not more so not to compare the two of y'all, but there's probably a little more familiarity. And so I, I think you've done a wonderful job of being in that space and, and really being in touch with where people are in this day and age with social media and things of that nature. And so uh, I can only imagine that your father's very proud of you. Well, um, you know, we, we want to make sure that our Heavenly Father's proud of us. And that's what's important for every believer, for every follower of Jesus Christ, that we live our lives in obedience to His Word. And because uh, we want one day when we walk into to heaven, we want to hear Him say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Well, that's absolutely right. Um, the The place that our Heavenly Father has in our lives is like no other, and it's something that uh, you know, has tremendous and eternal value. And we're thankful that you continue to reach out to people, no matter what the, the media or whoever, you know, has the distractors out there, that you continue to see the value of meeting with people directly and reaching them where they are. So we're excited that you're in our state this week. And um, people can go to your website, thetexas.billygram.org, to hear more about the events. I gave out the Twitter account, Samaritan's Purse, is also the very important international relief ministry that you lead. And so, Franklin, thank you for being a guest today on the Texas Values Report. Well, thank you. It's good to be with you. So I'm here in D.C. I mentioned that, and you're going to hear from Nicole Hudgens later in this segment, I believe, um, of the show. But we're here in Washington, D.C. because of the Value Voter Summit. Um, Our friend Tony Perkins, who is here running the Value Voter Summit, and they've got some great speakers here. Um, Trump was here earlier in the week, Kellyanne Conway, uh, Judge Roy Moore, um, General Boykin, um, Steve Scalise, um, who was um, wounded from that shooting as a member of Congress. And so just uh, – but the, the focus is about faith, family, and freedom. In a lot of ways, we try to be at the state level what Family Research Council is at the national level. And I think we've got Nicole on the line. Nicole, are you with us? Yes, I actually just stepped out of the room, Jonathan, where President Trump is speaking here at Values Voters Summit. He's talking about religious liberty and promoting strong families, and that's that's something encouraging to hear from a president. Well, and I was in the room earlier before I stepped out to do the radio show, a packed house. I mean, obviously, Secret Service everywhere, but huge attendance, um, full, full room, and a lot of interest and anticipation you and I were, out the, were at the White House earlier this week. Um, we got to meet with w- one of the um, closest assistants to the president, Paul Teller, who works on legislative issues and briefs the president and his staff as well on these issues. It, Paul Teller, if people know, he used to be the chief of staff for Senator Ted Cruz, so someone that we already knew and, and is close to the state of Texas in our heart, if you will. In a great meeting and briefing on the session, what what is um, what's the mood like in that room with President Trump? I expect a lot of interest, enthusiasm, and just excitement. Yeah, if I were to stick my phone in there right now, you can you can hear people yelling and clapping, and um, I can hear him whistling. You know, everybody is very very supportive of of what of the president being here. You know, this is the first time a sitting president has ever been at Values Voter Summit. 
Um, so this is a pretty big deal. And, you know, what we've seen the executive branch do over the past week, week and a half, just on religious liberty and, you know, uh, going back to what the original intent of the word sex and gender mean, that's a really big deal. You know, ro- rolling back what Obamacare did um, of, of trying to redefine congressional law, you know, it's encouraging to hear that a president is promoting religious freedom, excuse me, and family values. And so, you know, for those of us who work in Texas, you know, Jonathan, you and I are on the ground um, seeing what's happening at the Texas Capitol uh, and across the state on these issues. And we know that Texas is so important because whatever happens in Texas sets the standard for what happens in Washington, D.C. and around the nation. So being able to have supportive uh, measures that support family values really helps us at, at the state level. And in turn, we're going to be, we, we are working right now to make sure that good policies happen in Texas so that it can help the rest of the nation as well. Well, you were uh, born in Texas, but you spent a good time in D.C. You worked for Congressman John Fleming and worked with FRC and Heritage Foundation. So you're familiar with, with the scene. I mean, usually presidents have a tough time going to events like this because, you know, there's a lot of security issues. Um, you know, they can be overly concerned about what the media has to say about it. You know, you got groups out there that want want to attack Christian values, and, and they want our groups to be viewed in such a negative light that there's no, you know, that they don't want people to think that there's credibility, and they, they want to create this impression that, you know, most people don't agree with our values, even though the elections and polls show something different. And so quite an important moment to have the president there and something I know your former boss, Tony Perkins, I'm sure has been very excited about. I, I think they're very excited, and it's so encouraging to see so many people come from all over the nation. I was actually sitting next to some people who flew all the way in from California, you know, just to come to Washington, D.C. for the summit. But because they also got did they there. well, I have a question, Nicole. Did they use tax dollars though when they flew to DC <laughs> from California to you know I really, to see the I really president? Wanted, I really wanted to ask. You know, I should have asked them that. But but yeah, no, there, there are those in California who do hold family values. Unfortunately, their state gover- government doesn't. Well, and I'm having a little fun with the issue because, as our listeners may recall, the state of California has banned travel to the state of Texas because. We passed a law that protects religious freedom for adoption and foster care nonprofit agencies, uh, but maybe that's still okay for people from California to travel to D.C. I don't know. We'll see what happens <laughs> with this administration and some of the decisions they're making that I'm sure the government of California, I guess, disagrees with. But, you know, it, it seems very interesting because the, the president seems to always be one, two, three, if not ten steps ahead of the media. They're constantly trying to catch up with him, and I think they're very surprised. And I will admit, I am um, pleasantly surprised, if you will. I, maybe I shouldn't say surprised. Um, I'm glad to see that the president has made some of the decisions that he did, you know, going to the election. I think a lot of people may not have expected that, particularly conservative Christians. He didn't have a voting record. He didn't know what he was going to do. And some of the things he's done, he might have promised to people privately, but I'm not sure that they were public pledges that he made. But let's talk about what he's done in the past week or so, and then we'll talk a little bit about the time you and I spent at the White House and over um, at, over at Congress and the Senate building earlier this week. But last week, President uh, Trump issued 
new instructions and guidance regarding religious liberty, making it clear that you have religious liberty protections and moral protections when it comes to the HHS mandate so that for-profit and particularly non-profit businesses like um, sisters, little sisters of the poor, these are people, these are nuns that provide charitable service to the poor. They had to go all the way up to the U.S. Supreme Court so that the government wouldn't force them and punish them if they didn't provide contraceptive methods that can cause abortions because it goes against their religious faith. And just again, let's back up for a second. This, their position is the government should not be telling the church what to do in imposing these restrictions government-wide and then punishing them. They sort of won their case at the Supreme Court. The issue hasn't been hadn't been completely resolved. But the Supreme Court made seem to make it clear y'all need to go back down to the lower court and y'all can probably work this out. But then the Trump administration got involved and really kind of withdrew the the position from the Obama administration. The Obama administration was trying to enforce this rule against Catholic nuns, and so now we've got guidance from the President Trump saying that they will protect religious freedom and the HHS mandate should not apply that way. And so I think a lot of people, some people don't understand how the First Amendment works, um, but a lot of them have lived under this, you know, drumbeat of Obama and, you know, Obamacare for so many years. Um, they probably have to really listen and think about this a little bit closer to go, oh, yeah, the government shouldn't be doing that. Right. The government, you know, I, I still think it's ironic that the government was trying to force none to pay for contraceptives. Um, but thankfully, you know, we've got, we now have a president that recognizes our First Amendment freedoms, you know, that we have the freedom not just to worship. The left really tried to uh, re-message the First Amendment saying that we have a right to worship. No, we have a free, we have a right to exercise what we believe. We don't, the government can't come in and say, um, you know, you can only worship within the four walls of your church. The government's responsibility is to protect us in a, so that we can exercise our religious freedom, um, including making decisions um, for health care and, and not giving our money to a, uh, a means that could go to, to towards killing an innocent life. Um, and again, there's, there's so many so many issues um, that, that need to continue to be addressed on the religious freedom issue. Uh, even just actually a few minutes ago, they were talking here at Values Twitter Summit about the cake, uh, the cake baker case of Jack Phillips, who was sued uh, because he declined to bake a cake for a same-sex couple, not because he had anything against them, but he said, look, I don't want to use my creative talents towards something that goes against my sincerely held religious beliefs. And so this is going to be a monumental Supreme Court case, and we're going to continue to watch it uh, because what could be determined is, does an artist, must an artist be forced to do something that violates his First Amendment freedoms? So, you know, that's the talk that's happening here at BBS and around the nation. This this Supreme Court case is going to have an impact on so many people. Uh, but, I mean, Jonathan, you know firsthand after working with First Liberty that religious freedom has been under attack. But, again, we're, we're thankful that steps are being made by the executive branch on working towards protecting those religious freedoms. But at the same time, it's important that we're engaged with what's happening at the state level because that affects 
uh, the laws that are passed. It affects the court cases that go before the court. Um, and also when you're talking about uh, judges, who, who's going to be deciding this, all of those things are very important. And that's why it's important that Texans are engaged on these issues. Well, look, if people want, I mean, the Value Voter Summit is still going on. The hashtag is VVS17. If you want to see what people are tweeting about, you can go to our Twitter handle, TXValues, to see what we're tweeting about on some of these issues. And, you know, you see what Nicole and I have been up to. Well, we're going to we're gonna unpack some of this more next week because the trip is not over. Nicole's got to get uh, back to the events here at Value Voter Summit, so we're going to let her go and finish uh, some of the things that she's involved in. Nicole is the policy analyst for Texas Values. Nicole, thanks for being on the show today. No problem. Thanks for having me. Look, we're um, we're halfway through the month of October. We're getting towards the end of the year. If you want to send in a donation, txvalues.org. We are, TX Values, Texas Values is a 501c3 nonprofit organization, and so we welcome your support, your financial support for the work that we do, and we're going to continue to do that work throughout this year. And, you know, a lot of attention on what happened during the legislative session, that's important. And we're going to continue to see here talk about religious freedom as the U.S. Supreme Court case gets uh, is argued in December on the cake baker issue. You're going to hear more about that. But the way to get plugged in is go to txvalues.org, our website, txvalues.org. And to find more about faith, family, and freedom, and we'll be back here next week. We're here every week. Uh, if you listen live, we're here on the bridge on noon on Saturdays. But you can find us online. We're, we have podcasts on all the podcasting places. You can go to our website, txvalues.org, and find out more about the work we do for faith, family, and freedom in Texas.